most fun you had all week? Probably today. I really loved Monday and Tuesday's show this week, but then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, there was a real drop-off. I don't know what weird, happened. I, I joined the show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, I, I wasn't... I was just... I don't know if you could put Today that. is the anniversary of the most <gasps> the most dangerous moment for democracy since the creation of the world. The day democracy almost, almost died. died. January 6th. Well, we got you covered on that. We also talked to you about uh, some of the things that are um, uh, are happening in the Capitol. I've ex- I, I explained today in the easiest, simplest terms. What the fight really is about with Kevin McCarthy. Um, That and so much more on today's program. Don't miss a second of it. Brought to you by Built Bar. There is only one thing I love more than coming on this program and telling you how amazing Built Bars are. And that's actually eating one of the Built Bars. These are tremendous. This is the uh, latest. um, I know it's just, no, it's just chocolate. What is the name of this? Chocolate bar. I don't know. It's really... Mud pie, that's what it is. Oh my gosh. It is so good, so rich in chocolate. And it's, what is it, 130 grams? Uh, 130, I'm sorry, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs. It's tremendous. Skeptical? Sure, until I ate one. Do the same. Go to built.com, use the promo code Beck, get 15% off your order. Use the promo code BACK, save 15% at built.com. You and your tongue will thank me. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, hello, Stu. How are you? Glenn. Yes. Welcome to Friday. Thank you. My gosh, those traitors, those treasonous, even worse than those people who broke away during the Civil War Mm, are still at it in the House. And today is the anniversary of the day democracy almost died. Oh my gosh, it's not. Oh my gosh, look at your calendar. No. It is the two-year anniversary of, dare I say it, January 6th. (laughs) <laughs> it's actually like the 2023 anniversary of January 6th. But we're talking about the event on January the 6th. Day the day democracy almost died. That will live. Where were you? <laughs> we I, we mock this. I, and I, but I saw a clip the other day of, of, I think it was Kamala Harris. She's like, December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And now... January 6th, 2021. It's like, what? Are you insane? They have have all gone insane. They've all gone insane. They are destroying the story of America and they're rewriting our history in real time. I mean, it is it's the most amazing thing to watch. We're going to get into January 6th next hour. Um, because we have to talk about that and you know, we'll, we'll touch on, there is a blackout right now. They're in negotiation with Kevin McCarthy. Can I ask you something? Is it weird? I mean, if I was rejected 11 times, I I really would be like, dude, I don't want this job that much. You know, you want is it, somebody else after 11 times? Is it persistence or harassment? I mean, at some point you, you ask out the girl in the office 11 times right. and it goes to HR. I don't right. know if we're crossing that line yet, but I think we're almost there. 
He keeps hitting on us. He keeps saying, no, you really want to date me. Uh, no, we really don't, Kev. Uh, we have some information on, on him. Uh, by the way, he was with... Um, uh, he was with Klaus Schwab. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I got, you got to love that. We're going to give you all the details on Kevin McCarthy and what's happening coming up in just a minute. I thought it was important here on the first week that I come back from uh, the holiday that we we have an accounting. It is time for a reckoning. Every January, I make predictions for the year. And these are not these are just predictions that we look at the news and I say, I think the trends are going this direction. Um, and, you know, we have to have a reckoning for that. I want you to know, as a longtime listener, if you're a new listener, you don't believe anything I say anyway. So, you know, you, you haven't gone numb inside yet. You know, here's the, here's the thing. If you're a new listener, um, and by the way, I don't know if you've known this, uh, Stu, but <clears throat> our uh, – Exposure. I don't even know what to call it now because there's so many ways to do ratings. But uh, just the podcasts is is up 56% this year. Wow. Amazing. 56%. People that for an old wrong. show, that never happens. Never happens. People must be so bored. Desperate. Yeah, no, they're yeah, desperate. Nothing on they're at like, all. Yeah, they're like, God, I, I, I mean, we were promised this utopia with all of these choices, and I still am listening to this thing. Anyway, um, if you're a new listener, you're going to hate me at first, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's expected. But it changes. It changes pretty soon. Yeah. You, in two weeks, you hate me even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in about a month, six weeks, you start to go numb inside. And within two months, you're just dead inside. And you're like, whatever, I'll just listen. We're just part of your life at that yeah. point. And yeah. There's nothing, we're like with that, the family member you don't really like, but you still see it all the holidays. That's us. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like age. You don't die from it, but you never really get rid of it. You think that's too strong? I don't know if it's like AIDS. I don't know if that's exactly a tagline for the show that I want to. Oh, I think I do exist. A lot of people will say it is. A lot of people would agree on the left. Yeah, a lot of people. people. Anyway, uh, so um, for a longtime listener, there are things that I say that, uh, and I usually tell you that I feel prompted to tell you. uh, And they're usually things that I don't want to tell you. Uh, like, uh, hurry, you should be where, you know, you want to be because there's coming a time where you are where you are and you're not going to move. Um, but, uh, uh, every year we just look at the news and we say, okay, without prompting, just what is it that we think the trends are showing us? So let's go over this time last year. These are the things that I said would happen in 2022. Stu, you be the judge. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID-19 just sort of fades away. Despite the best efforts of government, authorities, and the Davos crowd to keep the pandemic going forever, the reality of herd immunity plus vaccinations plus therapeutic treatments will ensure that both infections as well as hospitalizations will decline dramatically in 2021 and Uh, COVID-19 will fade into the background, very much moving into an endemic phase in 2022. Um, For the most part, the pandemic will fade into a bad, muddy memory, like the way a nightmare can fade into just an unpleasant feeling for a couple of hours after you wake up from it. 
Mm, I mean, I think that's exactly what happened. Okay. Right? Do you? I, mean, I think that's... Yeah, I think the only thing that I missed here was uh, that it was going to start really turning. Right now, I think in 2023, by the, uh, by the end of this coming year, and I'm going to get into my predictions uh, next week for this year, but I think... Uh, this is the year where it really starts to turn ugly and flips the other way. It, what do you mean? Uh, it's a, you're saying the, like a flaring back up? Like right, now, right now, I think there is this feeling in America that uh, those vaccines were not so good. Even, though, even, the oh, peop- right. even from the people who took the vaccine, they're like uh, starting to question it. I think it's going to turn ugly the other direction, um, you know, against the vaccines and against the hmm. people. We'll see on that one. I think the uh, your the prediction of it fading away though seems really exact to me. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was just, like, just glancing at the stats, which I haven't, I don't you know pull up all that often anymore, and that's yeah. a good sign, right. Of it, right? That, uh, that that what you said is true, and I think like it's to the point now where it's hard to really remember. Th- that, that 2020 era where like you were, you know, yeah, it was like everything. Everything was locked down everything. or like, you know, you were wearing masks everywhere. Yeah. It just seems like a bizarre memory from yeah, our past. It does. So that one seems exactly right. Uh, then the next one was wars and rumors of wars, whether it's Russia invading the Ukraine ding, 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 <laughs> or China invading Taiwan or another Iranian caused blow up in the Middle East. 2022 is likely to see uh, one or more wars of the words. Uh, from 2021 erupting into a shooting war in 22. First one I put was <laughs> yeah. Russia versus Ukraine. Tremendous amount of digital ink has been poured into discussions of Putin's desire to protect Russia's so-called soft underbelly from threats within the EU. EU. This narrative relies on World War II era geopolitics and reasoning. The reality is there's currently zero countries that represent even a cursory threat to Russian territory. The answer to the question of why is Russia being so aggressive towards Ukraine is much simpler, and it is often the case when it comes to Putin's political motivations. It's entirely financial. Uh, This one is based on commodities. Ukraine is rich in oil, natural gas, and rare earth minerals. Uh, Go into the energy thing and that they need to be able to have open pipelines set right to Europe, yada, yada, and that they would uh, invade and it would be most likely that we would get into uh, get involved in a shooting war in Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) newsflash, that one happened. Right. Uh, The next one I said was China versus Ukraine. Uh, Sorry, China versus Taiwan. It would seem almost laughable just a few years ago that China would even entertain the idea of a military intervention in Taiwan. However, China may have a unique opportunity in 2022 that the world is massively distracted and distanced from Taiwan because what will happen in Ukraine and Russia? And that one obviously did not happen. However, Correct. it does seem like it's on the docket. Yeah, it <laughs> is on the docket. I mean, you know, a year ago, that was, we weren't in Ukraine. They weren't in Ukraine. Right. This um, does The Ukraine thing sets off a series of events that yes. can easily lead to Correct. something like this. Um, war on crypto. See what you think of this one. Uh, in 2022, central banks and government authorities will move into an active mode against cryptocurrencies, 
most likely using some eye-catching headlines about protecting consumers. But to successfully use that approach, authorities need an event, a major crime syndicate using crypto, a massive crypto exchange theft inve- <laughs> uh, affecting investors. Wow, this is, this is written before 2022, right? This is 2021 yeah, this is, you wrote these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, suddenly, crypto <laughs> will become a bad guy thing, something the government needs to step in and protect us mm. from. First, we'll see laws that make owning or transacting with cryptocurrencies illegal, and that'll be enough for most people, especially because central banks will be launching their own digital currencies as a safe replacement, one, of the co- uh, one that is, of course, tracked by Uncle Sam. Now, that, all of yeah. that didn't happen, but... Well, you got the SBF yeah. FTX thing. Yeah. So that was the 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 event, right? And that happened late enough in the year that they're not Here's into a, deep legislation yet. But right. you, they are talking about it coming. And th- one of my predictions of coming for next year is uh, it, it, we are going to have massive, well, I, I won't tell you, but cryptocurrency uh, and uh, central bank currency is coming. Uh, but what, here's what I said. In 2022, central banks and government authorities will move into active mode against cryptocurrencies based on eye-catching headlines about protecting consumers. I, I think that's accurate. Sure. I, I, that, I mean, uh, that one is well underway yeah. uh, of completing. Uh, the next one I said, market crash ahead. Uh, global equities experienced uh, significant sell-offs in Q1 of 2019, Q2, uh, Q1 of 2020. While COVID-19 got the blame for the sell-off, similar sell-off in early 2019 had no apparent cause. From April 2020 to February 21, the Fed made more than $9 trillion of loans to the largest investment banks in the U.S., and that's on top of the trillions of other stimulus in Fed or Uncle Sam currency printing that saw trillions more enter the economy over that time. Consumer price inflation is virtually guaranteed at the (laughs) level four to six months from now. So 2022 will be a choice between inflation, a market crash or deflation during an election year. They say elections have consequences, but uh, likewise, consequences have elections. Given the probable consequence of a no good choice place, talking about the Fed uh, and what are they going to do? Keep raising up the rates? Are they going to let it crash, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I predicted a crash. I don't think we got, you know, we didn't get a crash, but we did see uh, a significant weakening of the market uh, because of the Fed. I think I got this one really wrong uh, because the idea here is this will be one more reason to sell your stock in the DNC's changes in 2022 because I said it would also at the end of 2022 have uh, significant consequences in the election, which, uh, no. Mm, well, yeah, it did have, I mean, certainly changed the balance of power, which was yeah. significant, I think. Uh, and it did go down, certainly, in 2022. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't describe it as a crash. Yeah, I agree. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. Ah. It's been a good it's been a good year so far hasn't it it's been a good year I, it's really hasn't been terrible <laughs> it hasn't yet been terrible yeah yeah we'll get there soon yeah i mean you know we got especially on on today 
Huh? The day democracy almost, almost died. died. Mm-hmm. Almost died. That's January yep. 6th. Yep. Make sure you stay away from uh, the By the way, today. we have some great stuff for you on that coming up next hour. Mm. I want to just touch on what's happening in Idaho with those mm. uh, four college kids that were uh, that were killed. And um, they have been, this has been in the news for a while, but it's fascinating. I think they got the guy now. At least they think they got the guy. Yeah. Nobody's guilty until proven, but mm, it's pretty bad for him. Uh, the way they found him is fascinating. Yeah, I've been following this. And I, I know if you're in the true crime world, like everybody's talking about this all the time. I know Sarah's really deep into this story. So correct me if I get any of this wrong, Sarah. But um, they... you, Sarah, you lead a sad life, don't you? You just go home after this. I really you do. You start drinking. You're in your fuzzy <laughs> slippers and you're just watching true crime. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Well, she Sarah, our board, our board operator. She didn't even disagree at all with yeah, that no. analysis of her life no the, she's the honest drinking straight on yeah you got yeah, it no, she's <laughs> honest so you know they had the the murders happened for uh, four college students no they have for a while don't have a suspect they don't have anything they don't know who did it eventually they land on this criminology <laughs> student right mm-hmm. he's a guy who apparently has a deep interest in crime in crime and mm-hmm. how these processes go apparently a great student the first detail i heard of him by the way was he's a registered libertarian voter i was like all right come <laughs> on the libertarians have had a tough enough go here really so um so he uh apparently uh you know goes kills these people at least that's the uh what they're alleging now how they find out that it's him is i guess they find his dna uh on the the sheath of the of the knife so they have a DNA link. They go to, I think, his dad's trash and are able to extract DNA from his dad's trash to match it up. Then they... Without the knowledge of the dad. Right. Which seems kind of uh, creepy, but I guess, well, and- you know, it's trash. So I heard it a little different. Okay. I heard that um, he left DNA at the house, but he wasn't in any sort of government database. Mm-hmm. So they used familial DNA to actually find him. Yeah, yeah th- th- that's what they would have done with the trash. Yeah, they went to they his, their dad. They got the DNA not from him. I should have said that clearly. So not yeah, from him, from but from his dad. dad. They went, but they went through his trash to get the DNA, which is you know right off the, i Crazy. mean some of these we've seen with these public dna databases like you give your dna to them and they're able yeah, to yeah. search we've seen that as well but this one seems to be right from the dad then he goes on this they they found his car right they in in some of the camera videos they say like okay there's a white hyundai hyundai elantra i think it was and they see his car and then they later on he apparently switches his license plate now again there's <laughs> There becomes a comes a time where there's a, just a bunch of stuff that adds up. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have him on film killing anyone, but there's enough there where like why would you change your license plate immediately after? By the this? way, I'm gonna play highlights of the January 6th interview I did uh, with the guy from Revolver News. You want to talk about the most improbable uh, storyline ever? It's the storyline of the January 6th committee. Wait until you hear each piece. It stacks up at like, what are the odds of that? And then there's another one. Oh, my gosh. The odds of that are even lower. Oh, my gosh. The third one. There, it's improbable story after story after story mm. to get you to where 
the narrative of the media makes sense. Uh, it really is incredible. It's incredible. Uh, and that comes out when? Uh, that's uh, out right now. Blaze oh. TV and out tomorrow on, you know, the Saturday podcast yeah, that we the, release. You get the podcast early if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, yeah. by the way. And so. you'll get it at Glenn Beck, uh, YouTube, uh, dot com slash Glenn Beck. Um, so you can you can watch it as well. It's fascinating. Anyway, so, go ahead. So this Idaho thing is going to go on for a, a very long time. He was in another state when they found him, right? They were able to bring him back. Pennsylvania, yeah. Pennsylvania. So mm. he, he was on a now, Is he from Washington? Wasn't he going to school in he Washington? He was going to school in Washington, okay. but he lives in Pennsylvania. Yeah, okay. he was on a cross-country car trip with, with, with his, his dad. dad. <laughs> Again, like a lot of things coming together to make you think that, that he's... Uh, Likely guilty, of course, as you point out. Uh, what, did he went on a cross-country trip with his dad? No, well, well right after. Well, I mean, it, uh, the cross-country trip in and of itself is not necessarily making you feel guilty. However, when you're a suspect in a major <laughs> murder and you're driving across the country, a lot of times that might be a reason. Yeah, but usually not with your dad. No. You know, but- so like, you know, you come bloody soaked and you're like... Hey, Dad, want to go on a trip? Sure, no, I son. Don't, let's go see I America. Don't think he was he's still wearing the bloody clothes when they started. <laughs> no, the I know trip. that. I, but I mean, your dad taking your dad. Dad wasn't involved in any of this or didn't know. Certainly, right? uh, no, 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 yeah, no indication. That, well, the, the reason why he took, they know he took his dad, is because the FBI called the cops and said, "Please pull them over for just a checkup to see his hands." So, for whatever reason, they had to see his hands in this photograph that they took and that's how they knew they took he took his dad on the trip yeah it, Wait, needed to see his hands apparently murdering four why? people with a knife uh, tends to be a little messy and uh, apparently they think you know cuts as the person's fighting back or you know all sorts of what they find on the hands that, that they don't know but the, it, it tends you, mean to, you don't know i don't know yeah correct okay. but the the knife tends to slip <clears throat> and so you end up cutting yourself when you stab somebody that many times and so they didn't know, he didn't know when he was pulled over by the cops that they were taking pictures of his hand? Correct. It was like body cam footage or something? Yes. Unbelievable. It's really incredible. It just, you imagine how his heart was pounding when he was stopped, had no idea, probably thought at first, oh God, they know, they know, they know. Then when he said, hey, just driver's registration, and then he gets away, <laughs> he must think, whew, and had no idea they were on to him and gathering more evidence. Absolutely incredible. I mean, it's obviously a really horrific incident. But oh, it, yeah. It horrible. is uh, just watching it. And, you know, it's what's fascinating about it is he's apparently, you know, a really smart guy, a criminology student. And it almost seems like, if you're going to build the, the narrative a little bit, it almost seems like he's, like, trying to pull off the perfect crime, knowing all of the stuff that goes into investigating a crime. And yet still, still the police were able to find him they still were you know he was he uh you know his car pulling away not a camera on the process but uh, on the on the actual um uh, uh, place where the murders happened but him driving in other areas they were able to figure it out yeah. they found out that he had cell phone pings at the address of the murders 12 times previously to the actual murders taking place wow and it's like they it is getting to the point where it is so difficult to do something like this and that's great that is why you will not believe what you're going to hear about january 6th as mm, well because the technology that we have now you, you can narrow it down pretty darn quickly especially if you have a cell phone uh and it it's 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 shocking it, this story reminds me have you ever seen the movie rope 
It was by so. Alfred Hitchcock. Mm. Uh, it has Jimmy Stewart in it. It is fantastic. It was made in the late 50s, early 60s. And it is uh, shot with three reels of film. And the only reason why I say that is if you know that, there are only three, uh, tar- sorry, two edits in this film. And when you see how this thing was shot and the timing of everything, it's like, I don't know how they did it. I just don't know how they did it. But anyway, the story is the, this guy who is in college and taking criminology, he and his friend uh, invite their old professor over, Jimmy Stewart, uh, who asked them at one point, can you devise the perfect murder? How could you how mm-hmm. could you do the perfect murder? So they've been working on it. They've graduated. They invite him over. And right before he comes, they murder one of the classmates and they put him in like this coffee table right in front of the couch. And uh, so they're and they're eating. They're so arrogant. They're like, he'll never know. He will never know. Uh, and it's him. You know, it's going over, hey, so what have you guys been doing? It's great. Thank you for inviting me over. I'm excited to hear about what you guys. And the psychological game and the arrogance of these guys, you know. So it it's a little bit like this guy who appears to be fascinated by it. And, mm-hmm. well, I, I bet I could get away with it. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of H.H. Holmes as well. Yeah, 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 similar yeah. to story. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's fascinating just how far this is going. And we talk often about you know, the privacy concerns for average citizens who are being violated. And that's it's true. But you until something like this happens, you don't realize how far this stuff has come. I mean, did you watch that Ted Bundy uh, thing that was on I I didn't know, a watch year the, or two ago? And yeah. I think it was Netflix. Mm-hmm. Not that I couldn't watch the Tom no, I, I get, yeah, I But the Ted Bundy one was fascinating in that like, no, he would just like murder a bunch of people in one state and then just move to another state. Yeah. And that was his way of getting out of it. And right. they, they would never connect the dots that like, hey, all the same types of murders are <laughs> happening in like one state right. and another state. It was just like they just threw their hands up and right. thought it was a whole new series of murders with no information. We've come from that to almost it seems to me almost to be almost impossible to get away with this stuff unless you're Hunter Biden. And then you could do almost you anything. Do anything. That's what's really terrifying. And again, I hate to keep bringing back to January 6th, but that's what's really terrifying. All of the new technology is being used to um, get the bad guys as long as they're not on the inner circle bad guys. You know what I mean? We are selectively choosing uh, at the highest Mm. levels who's a bad guy, who's not a bad guy. Let that one pass. And it's truly terrifying because not only can they catch you, but the ability for the bad guys at the top level to incriminate you and make it so the average person would go, no, I, that's not even possible. That's not, that's, uh, no, I, I, you know, I saw him or I saw this. And why would you do this and this when the guy didn't do this or this, but the evidence shows that they really did. This is a foundational piece of civilization falling apart in front of our eyes. It really is. I mean, because if you don't, we all have that idea, like, oh, rich people, they get off all the time, you know? And, and like, that's true at some level. Sometimes it's not, though, right? Like, I mean, you know, Harvey Weinstein is in, it Correct. took him a long time, but he's in prison. Right. But like, once we believe that there's no justice, 
That's a foundational pillar so of me, civilization. Let me tell you something that is right around the corner that, you know, you say civilization falling apart, foundational things falling apart. Let me tell you something that technology is going to do within. I think it's within two years, but it probably would be five years, maybe. And it is it will fundamentally change absolutely everything. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Stu and I were just talking in the break about what I what, what you're going to hear tomorrow. If you're not a Blaze subscriber, um, you're going to hear it tomorrow in the podcast, episode 169. What are the feds hiding in the January 6th investigation? And I interviewed for about an hour. Uh, Darren Beatty, he is the guy who started Revolver News, and he is on this like nobody else. And he's been following it from the beginning. And Stu said, you know, I got questions, but I have all there. I think they're really stupid questions. <laughs> and, and, and they're not, Stu. Mm-hmm. Most of us have not followed this because we know it's full of crap. That's what we felt. We know it's full of crap. Um and then the rest of it, we've only seen what the media and everything is putting out. And it doesn't make sense, which leads us to go, there's nothing here. What is this? It's really important that you understand. Now, two years later, two years later, we now have all the evidence that the federal government can come up with. And it is implausible. It is absolutely implausible. So is it just implausible or are you suggesting something specific? I can't. I asked him, was this a plan by somebody or was this taken advantage? And um, I think where it comes down is there may have been some people that wanted to do some stuff, but those were infiltrated by the FBI, so manipulated by the FBI, and then other people just took advantage of what was supposedly happening. But the the pipe bombs in particular are so important because they can't find these people. They can't find the guy on the scaffolding who, when you look at the video and you read his reporting and you hear the, the message tomorrow, this guy, this guy is should be number one. Should be number one. If not Ray Epps, it's this guy. Number one. He went before there was a crowd. He cut all of the fences. Then he climbed up the scaffolding and he stood on the top layer of the scaffolding with a bullhorn and he waited. And then when the crowd got there, he gave instructions on what to do. This guy is the ringleader, at least on site. Can't find him. No facial recognition. He's not even mentioned as the most wanted. He's nowhere. And nowhere. they have clear photos of oh, him. It's not yeah. like one of these things no, where no. he's wearing a mask. And it's not like there was a third shooter in the tree. Right. right. You know what I mean? There are clear the, photos of him all yeah. over the site. And um, all, all over a lo- several videos. Okay. So then um, the, the next thing is the pipe bomb. There were two pipe bombs. One at the DNC and one at the RNC. We know because of video that they were planted the night before. Okay. It was caught on video. Mm-hmm. The video is there. However, the, um, the, the only video the FBI has released is an edited video. 
So we only have there's I mean, this is almost remember, this is uh, the DNC. Um, The DNC is is what Watergate was all about, a break into the DNC. Uh, they have all kinds of threats. They have all kinds of important people going in and out of the DNC headquarters. Um, you know, Seth Rich was in the area. You're in you're in uh, Washington, D.C., which is crime ridden. You don't have the best security cameras there. Of course you do. Of course you do. He goes into what that film actually shows. It's implausible. But anyway, they only release this guy who comes on the scene um, he's got the pipe bomb with a kitchen timer, um, and he makes a phone call. Well, if you're making a phone call, I can triangulate you, okay? I know who you are. They can't find him. Haven't been able to triangulate. Don't know. Don't know who this guy is. Wow, that's impressive. Then they edit the tape, so they take one camera with him, and he's moving in to place the bomb. Then they take a, an edit and they cut to him placing the bomb, but you don't see his arms below his elbows. So you can't prove that he placed it. You know what I mean? Why what, can we get? Cause the other camera would have shown him placing the bomb. Okay. Um, can't get a hold of that. There's no, nobody that is willing to release the full tapes. FBI has them. The thing that is really too coincidental is the um, Kamala Harris goes to the DNC unexpectedly. She goes to the headquarters. She leaves Capitol Hill about 90 minutes before they're going to start verifying the count. Okay, she leaves. She's like, I got to get to the DNC. She goes to the DNC Secret Service. Just go with her. They haven't. You know, it was a surprise to them, so they didn't sweep anything. But while she's there, they sweep everything. They don't find anything. This pipe bomb is in plain sight uh, where they say they found it. It's in plain sight. Nobody saw that in the morning. Nobody saw that overnight. No, nobody. The the guy that is hired to be standing in front of the DNC as a a, he didn't see it. The FBI say they sweep. They swept. They didn't see it. And the only reason why they found it is because the pipe bomb that was at the RNC was found first. And it was found by somebody who has deep ties to the DNC. She happened to be walking by the RNC and look into this alley. And she happened to see this pipe bomb with the kitchen timer stuck at 20 minutes. She finds it. At 20 minutes to 11. Well, it's stuck. We don't know when that was planted. I mean, it could have, it, the, we have the video of the other one being planted at night. But they immediately say, oh my gosh, it was 20 minutes. There's an attack on the Capitol at 11. But the pipe bombs are not known to be, uh, you know, fake or, or not going to explode. So they call the Capitol the Capitol Police redeploy a bunch of people down to the RNC and DNC, which leaves the Capitol open. OK, much more open than it was. Mm-hmm. So you got all your resources going down there is five minutes after they find the RNC bomb. The Secret Service find the DNC bomb 
and rush Kamala Harris out to safety. The story is that they both were stuck at 20 minutes. Well, 20 minutes might tell you something if you knew when the bomb was planted. We do Uh, know when one of them was planted. It appears to be overnight. Right. But why the rush to say this was a diversion when you know when it was planted? And how odd is it that they found it 20 minutes before 11 and they were set to 20 minutes before they went off? You know what I mean? And it was 20 minutes before 11, right when it's convenient to say they're going to start. They're going to start verifying these votes at 11 o'clock and they can't find the guy. There's no there's no it's a complete dead end to find the guy who made a phone call on his cell phone. Is it just like here are a bunch of really strange things and we don't have an explanation for them? Or is it like. Hey, there's a unifying theory here that leads us to we don't have the evidence to prove it, but like here's what we think happened. So, it to me, here's what happened. Um to me This is speculation. This is total speculation. Okay. But to me, the most logical thing is there were some people in these groups, you know, like the, you know, uh, what is it? Oath keepers. And I have no I'm just using them as an example. I don't know. But there was buzz on the Internet or there was buzz someplace that uh, we're going to get them. We're going to go there 11 o'clock. Let's storm the Capitol. And there does seem to be some evidence of some coordination between between some of these groups. Correct. And but the ones that were coordinating were 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 there with the FBI. So there's no way these guys should have even made it to the Capitol. Okay, you don't let them go to the Capitol and commit it. And then afterwards say, yep, we know they did it. You stop them as they're getting ready. You don't you don't help the terrorist and then blow the building up and say, say, we we caught them. Right. Right. Yes. You stop them in time. So all of these groups were watched. Meaning, All of these, and when you're saying they're with them, they were they had been infiltrated. Infiltrated there were people who were monitoring infiltrated, their correct? Uh, and people turned on the inside and were, you know, rats, if you will, for the FBI. Okay, so why wasn't it stopped? My theory on this is because it was to someone's political advantage, and I'm not I'm not prepared to say it was you know, the DNC or anything else. I believe this, again, is deep state. Donald Trump was not just taken out by uh, the DNC. This was the intelligence and law enforcement officials that are part of the deep state that don't care who's president. They're going to do what they do. They were the ones that did all of the Russiagate stuff. They fed it to the press. They fed it everywhere else. I believe that this is deep state taking advantage of something, helping juice people up, using Ray Epps, who um, is absolutely involved with the government some way or another. I, I really believe that. I can't prove it, but uh, I he, do believe. He denies that, obviously. Yeah, he does deny it. Um, but I, I think there's some, I, I think this is, this is the kind of stuff that gets you killed. If I wasn't a national figure and, you know, talking about 
you know, things like this. You, I think we'll all know if I die, I'm not suicidal. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not apt to run in front of a bus today. And your cholesterol's fine. Mm. Anyway, uh, so so um, I think it is people taking advantage and then playing up the advantage. For instance, the attack with those guys who have been wound up by themselves or by people might work. You know, for instance, the guys on the scaffolding, the scaffolding man, that guy may have been an operative for the government. That's why nobody's looking for him. Uh, he he was just helping the people and helping keep them wound up to go in. Okay, I think that's what happened. There were sincere people, but they were dorks and couldn't have done anything without the assistance of some dark arms and dark agencies. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and that all happened. And then I think the pipe bomb. I could be wrong on all of this. But I think the pipe bombs were both planted again, by a dark arm that realized we can get the um, agencies to the Capitol Police to come down to these two locations, which will help the the Capitol rioters, let them get away with some stuff. Okay, but we really have it under control. Nobody's going to get killed, but let them give away for stuff. So we see that happening. We'll pull these people out so they can get into the Capitol, but don't let those bombs go off. Because if they go off, then answers are going to have to be taken. So just use them as a diversion, but don't let them go off. Hmm. I think the pipe bombs are totally dark art stuff. And I know, look, I know, to be clear, I know you're giving me the action movie version of this. Like, you don't know that's true. You're you're saying like, you know, you're, you're speculating health in a healthy way. I am (laughs) am speculating in a more reasonable way than the January 6th committee was. Well, the January 6th committee was just about saying bad things about Donald Trump. It had nothing to do with trying to solve this. Correct. Um, But like, what is the, what is the motivation of the FBI to encourage an incursion into the Capitol. To paint those who are um, against this globalist mm-hmm. um, world economic forum. This isn't about left and right and Democrats and Republicans. This is a fight from nationalist, I love America, let's make America strong, to no, we're an internationalist conglomerate that is going to rule the world, okay? Donald Trump and people who believe in the Constitution are not internationalists. And um, that's why I believe that this whole operation happened beside January 6th. Donald Trump was targeted from the beginning because he's an America first guy. And he was taken down um, uh, because of that. He could not be president. They needed to kill not only him figuratively speaking they needed to kill not only him but the entire american constitutionalist america first kind of movement that's why and look what they've done they've tried to paint the country into these people who believe in the constitution believe in people controlling things they're extremists and they're dangerous na, 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 na.